This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Good news to report finally. I'm holding pressure alongside the ace of Spader, Ryan Spader. Ryan, we got baseball, baby. 60-game season, players reporting July 1st, so we're a couple days away from that. We have the season supposed to start the 23rd or 24th of the month. We finally have good news. So 2020 is not the worst piece of shit ever, uh, at least for a day or two, because we have good news to sit on. Well, one of the funny things is I haven't heard a single baseball player saying that they're opting out yet anyway and we're hearing every single day about NBA players uh, the dude from the Nets I, I forget what his name is but he he decided he's out on the um, the comeback for the NBA and here we are two days away from the day that the players have to report and it seems nobody's opt out yet I think there's a difference though because their season was like starting to wind down heading toward the playoffs there's also some teams that aren't even like it's not even worth playing some players aren't playing but yeah baseball players have been pining to get back to everybody wants to and it's a different situation baseball players have been sitting on their ass now hopefully they've been working out and getting ready but we haven't had a baseball game in how many months was it been nine months that doesn't happen this is the longest break we've had in a long time now we're we're looking at a 60 game schedule for the first time since uh 1878 mm. which is insane when you think about it uh, all the differences in baseball in 1878. I mean, guys didn't wear gloves. The mound was 50 feet away. Uh, the bases were staggered. Uh, catchers not even wearing gloves. And um, I believe it was uh, nine balls for a walk. And the pitchers were supposed to throw strikes, most of them through underhanded. Huh. Very interesting. I didn't know that with the, with the no gloves. I thought they at least used gloves in the 1800s. I thought it was like the... Revolutionary War when they didn't use gloves. Nope, no gloves. I can sh- I'll send you a picture after this if you remind me. Please. There's a picture of a catcher who caught from like the 1890s into the 1900s, and it's x-ray of his hands catching balls uh, barehanded. And he was one of the last guys. I, uh, it's a shame. I can't remember his name. But one of the last guys to 
not wear a glove as a catcher, and his hands are just mangled. It looks like he stuck his hand down a, a bowling ball chute. It's just destroyed. Mm, that's disgusting. Thanks for letting me know that. You have pictures of that too? Yeah, I can dig that up. All right, I'd love to see that too. Uh, by the way, so 60 games, I'm happy. I, I don't care if it's if it would have been 50 or 100. I'll take my 60 games and I'll run with it. You know that, Spader. I'm just happy that it's back. A lot of people are complaining about the intricacies of this thing coming back. So let's start with something that I know you hate. The ghost man on second and extra innings. And let me just make my my case here. We're sitting here in a shortened season. Pitchers are not going to be too stretched out after three weeks of spring training. You don't want teams playing 15-inning ball games. Fine, throw a runner on second. This is a different season altogether. Might as well just get the games over with quicker. All right. Well, my biggest takeaway on that is, first of all, I love the games that go 18, 19, 20, 15 innings, whatever have you. Uh, But the fact of the matter is there were 2,429 baseball games last season. 208 of them went into extra innings and 117 of those beyond the 10th inning. We were looking at 900 games this season. So roughly 15 of those will still go beyond the 10th inning. Uh, despite both teams having a runner on second to start that inning. So in the end, Major League Baseball has ended about 25 games a little bit sooner. Congratulations, Robbie. Yeah, but it's a 60-game season. We're so short, and I get Uh, what you're saying with the extra innings. We don't know how that translates this year with 60 games. I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because we're looking at um, players over a course of 66 days playing 91% of days. Mm-hmm. In a typical season, they're playing about 90% of those days. So we're talking the difference of about 1% and not factoring in the fact that they're playing 37% of the games. You're also it factoring is not, in is that they're having half of the spring training that they need. They got ramped up, shut down, and another spring training for th- only three weeks. I think that's going to be toughest on the pitchers, but I also firmly believe we're going to see some weird shit when it comes to the rotations and the bullpens. I think we're going to see a lot of teams who might consider doing something like a four-man rotation where they're only going to throw their guys five innings and then they're going to let their dominant bullpen take over. I think that's how teams are going to try to get an upper hand. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see one or two teams go with only a um, a quote-unquote two-man rotation where you have two true starting pitchers um, going every fifth day, but then using relief pitchers as openers on those other three, and then again leaning heavily on those bullpen. And that I, I, I look to the Rays to do something weird like that, and then also the Angels now, who have um, I think three or four pretty good starting pitchers, and Joe Madden at the helm. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't even see more than a handful of five inning starts the first <laughs> month of the season. I mean, stretching these guys out is going to be interesting. Then you get them ready. You want them to go to the playoffs. But you know, through 60 games, so there's a lot of different things that are going to change. Over you know what I'm going to call games. right now? What? Three batter minimum. Let me just bring up this three batter minimum, though. Isn't that in effect this year? It is in effect. But it, okay, it, so then that's really going to change everything because now you're, you're using less relief pitchers, although the rosters are expanded, so you'll have more pitchers on the roster, but less relief pitchers will probably be used, right? I mean, I, I guess in theory, but again, this is an immaterial change in baseball. You eliminated one, pretty much one guy per team who was that lefty one-out dude. 
and um, it, it's going to be, a, I would say, a regular, rather negligible change in the game. But uh, I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to call something right now, and it's something that I hate. But I think this year of all years, it might actually be justified. And that is a relief pitcher is going to win one of the Cy Young Awards. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. Please say We're, that again. A relief pitcher will win one of the Cy Young Awards. <laughs> I think we're going to see one of these guys shove for like 35 games. And I, honestly, as much as you know I hated it in the 80s and everything, and in the, whenever we've seen it, I, I think this is the one year it might actually be justified. And I, I wouldn't at all be surprised if the leader in something like wins above replacement by year's end is a relief hurler. That might be a great bet then, a futures bet. Yeah, I wonder if we can get that anywhere. That's ALNL Cy cool. Young Award. How go pick out like five guys? The odds have to be so insane for them to win the Cy Young Award. You just have to figure out which one it was. So speaking of betting, I I got a um, text from uh, Glenn Macnell, WIP, and he was asking me if I think it's worth laying some money down on plus eight hundred for a four hundred hitter this season. Well then, plus so you're getting eight to one. Eight to one, yep. Eight to one on a four hundred hitter. And I said, yeah. So let, th- this will kind of take us into Spader stats, okay? Let me do that. Let me just go Spader stats, stats. So this kind of gets us into that over the last sixty games, whether there's a four hundred hitter in a sixty game season. Eight to one to me, it's not juicy enough. Uh, I do twelve to one. I don't know. I, I think it's worth some it, worth a hundred dollar bet in my opinion, because you look at I, I don't know if you saw the lists I put together recently of all of the um, batting average leaders because that's what every, for the first time in a long time everybody's interested in batting average because you have the chance for a four hundred hitter and um, so what I did I was compile a list of who was leading the majors in batting average for every single season since nineteen oh four through sixty games. And then also the career batting average leaders, if they played only 60 game seasons, and then the career hit leaders, and then as well, every single player who would have hit 400 through uh, 60 games. Uh, And I actually included those at 390 or better for that. And one thing to keep in mind, and when I I sent Mac now this, and he goes, ah, you know, I don't think it's, honestly, it's probably not worth it looking at this because there's not too many 400 guys on the list. And he's, he's right, but... One thing that we have to consider is this is looking at just the first 60 games. This is a first 60 games like we've never seen before. You're starting baseball in the middle of what Charlie Manuel calls hitting season. We're starting baseball in the middle of summer. So a hot start could translate into an even hotter start that it otherwise would have been when people are playing or people ball players are playing baseball when it's 40, 50 degrees out, when you don't even want the games to be played anyway because, as you said, it's miserable. <laughs> miserable. 60 I games. I disagree. 400, 400 hitters, 60 games. It I'd take it. 8 to 1, I'd take it. Uh, You'd take the 8 to 1. Yeah. It's you know not your money. One? You're telling Mancow to do it. You know who? Yeah, I, I told Macnow I would do it. Mancow. Macnow, excuse me. <laughs> you know who the last one to bat 400 through the first 60 games, not any 60 games? So l- let me ask you this real quick. Is it over the last 10 years? Uh, no, just outside. Oh, just outside. I don't know. Who was it? Larry Walker. Jones. Oh, Chipper? 
2008. You Chico got was me. Batting. 409 through 60 games. Son of a bitch. Get me thinking it's Walker, and then you just switched it <laughs> so, up to Jones. You know, I, I got to give you uh, some credit, though, because before Jones, the last one to do it through 60 games was Larry Walker. He batted 417 through the first 60 in 1997. And wouldn't you know that Tony Gwynn didn't have the major league lead at that point, but he was also batting 403. And then you have the big hurt at 391 through 60 games in 1997. So besides for Larry Chipper Jones and then the other Larry Walker, who was the previous Larry to hit 400 through 60 games? Uh, yeah, I knew you, know you wouldn't something. have I don't... that. That's right. I knew you wouldn't have it. Come on, come prepared it, it, to the show. I am very prepared. And <laughs> it, that, that individual just does not exist. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm quite like sure. Like Larry Shepler in 1847. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't hit. There were no 400 hitters when they paid 60 games a year? No, and that was 1878. But, um, yeah, I, I take a look. I bet you there was. I only went back to 1904 because that's really when people consider. I mean, the modern era is 1901 on. Uh, it's a lot easier to do 1904 because of the uh, wonderful people at Baseball Reference and the stat head make it a lot simpler on me. Um, 1901. To be honest with you, do 1904 through 2019. If I were to do 1901, 02, and 03, it probably would have taken me. Those three seasons probably would have taken me as long as 04 to uh, 2019. Wow. I also kind of feel like, I mean, Larry's not a popular name anymore, so Larry Chipper Jones might have been the last one to do it. You don't see many guys walking around with the name Larry that are under 30 these days. You know any Larrys? I mean, I do. It's my uncle. He's like 70 He's, years old. Your uncle's under 30? Yeah, my uncle's 70. That's the only Larry I know. You know any other Larrys? No, no, no. I have a Larry in my family, but yeah. he's not under 30. He's old, right? It's <laughs> an old person's name. That's exactly what it is. All right, so you don't like the ghost man on second. I despise it. What else do you not like about this? Do you like the trade deadline, August 31st? Like, does anyone make trades? How do you um, make a trade this year when... Half the season's done, and so then I, you just got one month rental. I actually think it's going to be very active because what I foresee happening is teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, Red Sox, if they're in it, um, teams who, you know, the usual suspects who aren't losing money this year, just pickpocketing the teams who are losing money this year. You know, your Pirates, your smaller market teams, the Rays maybe if they're not in it. And um, they're just looking to force their way into the playoffs or, you know, uh, get a, a better position for the postseason. And then you're going to see these smaller market teams like, shit, we're losing money this year. Dump salary. And that's going to be the owners coming down on the GMs saying, I need you to get rid of this guy. I don't care. And then you're going to see some trades that are probably a little bit lopsided. And um, I, I really just... I think it's going to be a very active trade deadline. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. I hope you're right. I mean, I think there's just some great things about this season going on. We get a chance to see Mookie Betts play in a Dodger uniform. You know, that, that almost didn't happen. I just think that's kind of cool. That's somebody that I'm looking forward to seeing in a different uniform this year. So I'm telling you, I think, I think it would be really funny if Betts ends up signing back with Boston. And I, it, the ultimate funny thing would have been had there been no baseball this year, which nobody wants. But if um, Mookie Betts s- signed with Boston after not playing with the Dodgers when he was supposed to, and then you'd look at the back of his baseball card in 30 years, and it's all Red Sox, and then you have the did not play 
COVID-19 line in there, but you wouldn't be able to call him a one franchise player because technically he was on the uh, Dodgers. If they would have cl- yeah, canceled the year. Right. But because here you you're can't. in a situation. You think they would have put COVID-19 on the back of baseball cards? I do, yeah. They're just like they did with the um, did not play at war or whatever. Why? Ted Williams. Oh, did not guys. play at war? Yeah. So they would have Did not play COVID-19? military service or, you know, any of that. Do you think, you know, the Orioles played through the uh, Baltimore syphilis epidemic of the 1980s. You didn't, didn't see Cal Ripken making any excuses. Not like I, didn't, I didn't know that garbage. was a thing. Yeah, yeah. It was probably a government thing, too, but it's just a, not a theory. It's a fact. But go on. You were saying. I sidetracked uh, us with syphilis. All you're doing is talking about baseball. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. You threw me off my game. I, I feel like I was rolling there, and you, you maybe just uh, you weren't thought rolling. maybe 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 the student was becoming uh, overcoming the teacher, and you had to throw me off my gates. <laughs> Settle down, buddy. You weren't, <laughs> you weren't on that much of a roll. <laughs> so you're actually looking forward to this. You know what else I'm looking forward to? Like rookie of the year, right? So could a middle reliever then win rookie of the year this year just because he appeared in? You know, 40 games, and he had a whip of sub one. So I guess we're looking at a, a legit middle reliever winning rookie of the year this year. Yeah, I, I also said that um, I can't remember what show it was I was doing recently, but I, I said I think we're going to see some rookies getting votes for some of the biggest awards in baseball. Uh, you know, your Cy Young Award, your MVP Award, just because how many times could you imagine if it was a 60-game season when, like, the Yankees called up Shane Spencer or something like that, and you get a guy that's that hot for that short uh, period of time, and then they steal an MVP award away from somebody like Mike Trout or something like that. So the other thing, we got the DH in the National League. That'll be interesting. I it's still like pitcher hitting. What's that? I, think, I don't think we're ever going to see another pitcher hit. And the reason I think that is because they implemented that through the 2021 season. Then you have the CBA, and the CBA, I firmly believe, will implement permanently the DH in the National League. I will One, bet you that a pitcher hits again. You think? Yeah, because some like Madison Bumgarner, he's some pitch, if he's at the end of the year and he wants to hit so bad, a manager's going to let him do it. He's going to run out there. They used to do it back in the old days, too. I, I want to say it was like Rick Roden. Really, he's a great golfer good uh, pitcher for the Yankees toward the end of his career. They let him hit on like Saturday NBC baseball. And I'll never forget it. The pitcher was the DH that day. We'll have a pitcher hit again. It's just not going to happen very often. Well, yeah, I was kind of, I, I just meant, I think the national league is going to have the DH going forward. And um, one funny note about this is uh, I, I texted uh, McCullers about this because if this is now the thing national league DH, he is the last pitcher ever to have an RBI during the World Series. Mm. Nice. Nice little claim to fame. That is a nice little claim to fame. Anything else here? Expanded playoffs. They haven't talked about expanded playoffs, should they? Or have they? I think no. we should have expanded playoffs. Well, that's what they wanted. In the, I guess the, I don't know if it's because Manfred implemented it. Uh, the players balked at it. The owners definitely want it because it means more revenue. I really was hoping they were going towards that 16-team playoffs, and not having it really hurts the game because you're going to have teams who are absolutely out of this come game number 35, game 40. And at that point, I kind of think they, you know, it's sort of like a fantasy baseball type thing where, you, you know, you don't have a shot at the 1200 bucks, so you start doing shitty trades and, 
you know, just kind of punting on the season. You're not filling out your lineup, and then you're getting beat up because you don't care that much. There's no incentive for some of these teams who are at the bottom to uh, go after anything because instead of having 16 teams make the postseason, you got 10. And I was really hoping that they were going to implement a postseason structure similar to that which I proposed um, before last postseason because I was going to gloat about it on Twitter and say that they stole my idea. How did it work out for you? Poorly. Poorly, very poorly. Just like looking for a home. You know, (laughs) back to this DH and the NL thing, there's some teams that are really going to be able to to clean up on this. Like, Joanna Cespedes in the Mets. The guy has just been – he's killed himself the last two years. I don't know. What was he, like, riding bulls and stepping in holes and stuff like that? There's a guy that can come back. We haven't seen Cespedes in a while. I hope that guy's a little bit electric because him and Pete Alonso could be kind of fun. Um, the Yankees. Aaron Judge might actually be ready for opening day. So all this COVID – garbage pushed him back and he might be ready for opening day and i know that you know you gotta go stand maybe judges the opening day designated hitter for the yankees maybe he can come back soon so we missed baseball but at least we get some players back on time hopefully yeah um i i think cespedes is a very interesting case because over the last two seasons he only played 119 games but when he's been in there he's been awesome you're talking 26 homers over 119 games, batting 282, 343, 525. His OPS is 32% above league average during that span. So if they can keep that bat in the lineup for even 50 of those 60 games because he's otherwise not going to be able to play the game uh, in the field, then that's a, that's a really good thing for that team. And it's, it's, a, it's a leg up for the Mets. You look at his... Um, offensive wins above replacement and he's had about three in that 119 game span uh let's call it cut it in half and the Mets are stealing an extra one and a half wins over a replacement for um Cespedes or over a replacement for the pitcher hitting yeah I can't wait to see this Uh, and we're gonna have expanded rosters what is it 30 and you'll have a taxi squad and stuff like that and you're also gonna have isn't there going to be players that are just playing on teams that are going to be waiting to get picked up like two teams that are just out there a lot of moving pieces still and i don't think they've really uh, announced everything or made everything clear to what to what they're doing to be honest with you i mean some of these rules have come out they got to go they're going to start the 23rd or the 24th you got to report on july 1st well what if half the team has covid are you just shutting that whole camp down this i am i'm worried about it and i know you have some other thoughts on COVID-19 and the bottom line is this though you're not playing if you test positive for it so that's why I'm a little concerned you got it going on in Florida a lot of guys were training in Florida a lot of guys live and train in Arizona too that's just where the spring training is and they decide to live there year-round they like the weather whatever's going on so um, that's interesting maybe the season doesn't even start on time not to be a complete downer but you know, we're three and a half weeks away from the season starting as we record this right now. And maybe it doesn't start on time. Maybe it gets pushed back. Maybe the season does not finish. I read the rules here. The commissioner could shut the season down on a lot of different levels, one of which is because the integrity of the game has been soiled because not enough players are playing. So I'm a little bit worried about that, Spader, but I'm going into this as a, more of an optimist than anything else. I'm just happy it's back. You concerned about any of the other stuff floating around? On, a, on the whole, I think we are trending in the right direction when it comes to the, the virus. And I know 
It's been a terrible thing. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their lives, much worse. But as these numbers grow daily, I mean, the CDC has the death rate sitting at 0.26%. The flu is typically 0.15. Obviously, this is spread much easier and is far more dangerous in that sense. But when I watch and I see that the, I don't want to say the narrative, but the focus of COVID-19 has shifted sort of from the the impact of potential death to the impact of what are the long-term effects of this? I, I, I just That makes me think we're trending in the right direction and really makes me think that we're going to be able to get a baseball season in um, under these circumstances. Having said that, like you said, if you got half a team that comes down with it, what, what the hell are they going to do? Just forfeit for two You're weeks? You're screwed. Seriously. Like, one, yeah, that's how many series are you going to play? At least three series, maybe four series, where guys have to be sidelined for that? And it, it, you're going to be exposed to it. So maybe a lot of people are like me. They, you know, they're exposed to it. Maybe they don't even pop, te- uh, uh, pop positive. I don't know how that's going to happen. But I think you better, you better at least factor in. You can't hammer it down, but you're going to have star players missing time. I mean, I just you can almost guarantee it at this point. If a team has one case, it's going to have multiple players that get it. I think it's, yeah, absolutely a stone-cold lock, especially when you get into the things where these guys... Uh, I go back to um, Utley breaking ruined Hayda's leg, and everybody was like, oh, Utley's a dirty player, all this stuff. And I didn't buy into that because Utley played baseball for, at that point, probably 25 years of his life, and he played baseball a certain way, and that was with the takeout slide. And all of a sudden, you're implementing all these rules where players, you're not allowed to spit, you're not allowed to high-five, you're not allowed to... Uh, smack a dude on the ass and all this stuff and you're expecting these guys to not do something that has been second nature to them for so long I, I just I just see it happening where if this is spread as easily as the um, CDC says which I trust fully then you're going to see an instance where a team has several cases to include some of the uh, game's biggest stars well, I mean, one way you could say there's injuries that happen every year, right? But this would be just, it'd be like a hyper injury. Everything be spreading so fast. So I think that's a doomsday scenario. And you have to at least contemplate a doomsday scenario, don't you? I mean, we're just locked down our houses for 100-something days. It could absolutely happen. Um, I, I do also want to bring up this. The Texas Rangers employees, a, a couple of them, or several, I should say, was the report. They... Um, popped positive for COVID-19. They, it was, they went back to the office two weeks ago. They were forced to go back to the office. And a lot of them are saying, we don't want to go back to the office. So I wonder if this starts popping with teams, how many of those guys, you're talking about the NBA. What about the baseball players? I don't want to play. So, I don't want to do this. I felt like crap. I feel horrible. I don't want to play. It's only 60 games. It doesn't count. So on that, a couple things. First, one thing that's not really being talked about at all is the fact that guys are still going to pull hamstrings and shit and they're going to be sidelines for two weeks well that's a quarter of the season at this point (laughs) so that is something else we have to think about when going into all this as far as the um the rangers employees go um the rangers kind of dropped the ball with all that because these guys are now those who pop positive and are capable of doing so are allowed to work from home so if they're allowed to work from home now why wouldn't you let them do so in the first place just to prevent this from potentially happening and it's funny you bring up the texas rangers because 
I have on pretty good authority that the two Texas teams, Rangers and the Astros, the owners are pushing for fans in the stands, at least 25% capacity, uh, pushing towards potentially 50%. And Texas right now is in the news, of course, because all of the bars are closing suddenly because of the spike in the cases. And it's just, um, I don't know, the whole the whole thing is a clusterfuck because everybody's on a different page in this country right now, whether it be people uh, acting a little just, bit too... You just said it so perfectly. Everybody's on a different page. Well, that's the thing, though. Whether people are being too cautious or not cautious enough, it's, it's like, let's find some middle ground. And as a country as a whole, even, you know, fuck the 50 states. As a country as a whole, let's get on one page and figure out how we're going to just end this thing because I'm so sick of it. I hate the fact that I can't go into an Irish pub and order a pint of beer. It just drives me nuts. I can't stand the fact that I'm single for the first time in 10 years and I can't go and get laid. On a consistent basis. Let's be honest, bud. It probably would happen a little bit more. <laughs> if I could actually meet people in person, it would be nice. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty fed up with it, too. I'm know, fed up with it, too. Okay, so a couple things to tell you about. First of all, I'm a huge football fan. You know that, Spader. And I'm really excited. Greg Olson, tight end with the Seahawks, longtime Carolina Panther. He has his podcast, tight end one te1 that's coming out here on blue wire so i'm really excited about that and also want to remind everybody that there's no short of action going on at our exclusive partners at betonline.ag betonline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for ufc nascar boxing and soccer matches if you need more they got simulated nfl nba ufc all day every day live on their website so if you're looking for something else besides for sports BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. But going back to real quick, the fans, like how are they going to do that in Texas? They're just getting devastated. So two months from now, maybe they, they reopen a little bit. The NFL is shutting down the bottom the bottom level of every stadium, they'll put ads there and then people can sit up top. I mean, what, what are we looking at as far as fans go, really? Well, even if they let them in, a couple thousand? I mean, it's better than nothing. And how much is it going to cost to get a ticket to a game? Who, who knows? But, it, you know, just to shift gears for a second, and then I'll get, get you those 60-game stretches that you want. But um, the NFL, I think they're going to find... The profitability of covering up those seats with advertisements is probably going to be so much that that might be something that's implemented going forward. I don't know about that. You think, I mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars of seats. So basically what the NFL is telling the teams to do is what? They can just go locally and sell what they're doing? I just, I just think the experience on television is not going to be as good and that the money is not going to pay off. I, I just see it that way. I, I cannot imagine a baseball game being nearly as entertaining without fans, especially you, down behind home plate. Come on, man. What do you think about what the Giants are doing? I don't know, but Tim Tebow didn't make the Mets 60-man roster, so I quit. Oh, boo-hoo. Uh, what did, did I think of what? You know what the San Francisco Giants are doing? What are they doing? They are... They're allowing their season ticket holders to mail in a photo, a selfie, 
and they will put it on a cardboard cutout. Awesome. And then for the low, low price of $99, anybody who is not a season ticket holder can then go ahead and do the same. That is brilliant. It is fucking stupid. You know what's going to be bro- funny, though? Are you kidding me? Do you know how Do you know how much money they're going to make just of a Oh, no. I, I, that's I brilliant. I don't disagree with you. It's brilliant from a business point, but it, I just I feel really badly for the people who are sappy enough to do something like that. But you know who one individual will be in all 30 stadiums if all 30 teams implement such Marlins dipstick. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, but it would be kind of fun to do that as a gag, you know, like take a picture of a sex doll and send it in. They were all upset about that in Korea. Guys got fired because they did the sex dolls. They put the sex dolls. Let me, there's some good pranks to be had for $100. Take there's a picture some really good pranks, like dead people. Take a picture of Aubrey Huff and put them out. Oh, boy. <laughs> Baseball with Huff. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but think about it, man. Just dead people cutouts, like sending Babe Ruth sitting out there. Just dead people. I, you know what? It's almost worth it to just put dead people out there. Like Genghis Khan. He's a bad, bad man. He's a horrible person. You're related to him. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Uh, all right, so you want some 60-game stretches? <laughs> no, I want to talk about one more thing before the 60-game stretches. By the way, the st- Spader stats was like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, whatever. But, but here, I want to talk. We have joked about the spit and the going to the mouth thing. I cannot tell you. I didn't know this about myself. I didn't know that I hawk a lug right before I piss every single time. I do too. And you know what? I, I learned that I do that because I wear a mask. Yeah, me too. When I you spit too? right into it. Yeah. I have spit in like 20 masks and I can't control it. So you're telling me. Now, listen, I've been doing this all my life. I've been peeing multiple times a day. But pitchers out there on the mound, players out there in the outfield, it is second nature, man. You're just going to spit. And lick your fingers. And lick your fingers. Yeah. And what are they going to do? You can't go to the mouth if you're a pitcher. That's second nature. Put the ball in your hand, lick your, lick your fingers, rub the ball up, stand on there. I, I just don't know what the penalties are going to be. I think what it is basically is please try not to. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they have to maybe do something like, all right, wear a mouthpiece or something. You need something to remind you that, okay, I can't do what I typically do because otherwise it's going to happen. It's again second. I go back to the Chase Utley thing. He didn't mean to break Tata's leg. He just played the game he knew how to play, and it's no different. There was a rule in place. He couldn't. He wasn't supposed to do that. He did, just because it was second nature. Well, I just there's no way to enforce the spitting thing. If we're spitting when we're pissing, think about standing out in the outfield doing nothing for 15 minutes. All you all you can do is spit. Puh. Pick your nose once in a while. You don't want to get caught on camera doing that, though. So you better hold that off till the bull, till you're sitting either in the bullpen or in your dugout. I don't you know, know who man. would be really hard up uh, this year in baseball? Who? Remember, I think we did it. Uh, I don't know, maybe in the first five or ten shows, was that um, bullpen catcher who was drinking dip spit and all that oh, crap yeah. for extra money? Yep. He would be, man. He would be hurting for cash if he's still in it. So he basically do anything? Yeah. Remember, he's the same dude who would let Levon Hernandez punch him in the nuts. Yeah, that was for, just stupid. Yeah. But when Levon you get Hernandez older, it's probably it, like hanging lower and it'll hurt him more. So I think, you know, because that was years ago. Cantaloupes, man. Can, absolute cantaloupes. All right, let's do part two. Spader, stat, stat, stat. <laughs> through 60 games. Give me through 
60 game stats. All right, I'm going to give you a couple quick hitters. Okay. Uh, and then I'll, I'll give you some of the 400 hitters as well. Okay. Um, but just to start off, one of the guys who I, uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I think we could see a rookie do something special and steal the Rookie of the Year award. Well, Jordan Alvarez had 62 RBI through his first 60 career games, and those were his first 60 games ever. And the only two players to have more RBI through their first 60 career games are Ted Williams, uh, 65, and Joe DiMaggio with 64. So that's just an example that shows, you know, we might see a rookie do something pretty special. To get into some of the cool 60-game spans that, um, especially from guys you might not expect it, starting off with a guy who you might not expect it from, Darren Erstad was batting 382 through 60 games in 2000. Henry Aaron in 1959 batting 398, 436, 711. Roberto Alomar in 1996 batting 397 through the first 60. John Olrood in 93, batting 401, 500, 708. And then one of, uh, I think both of our favorite, Rod Carew, mm-hmm. batting 401 through 60 games in 1983. And he, I think that was his second or third the last year. Uh, and then we got the uh, usual suspects in um, Stan Musial, Ted Williams. Uh, Musial was batting 399, 485, 734 through 60 in 48. That same year, Ted Williams, 412. 545-733. And then um, a personal favorite, you got Larry Walker, batting 422, 517-780 through 60 games in 1997, and 380, 444-716 through 60 in 99. Uh, do you want some of the uh, other 400 hitters? Because there's some no, pretty remarkable ones. Not really, but give it to us anyways. You did the work. All right, you got Ty Cobb, 443 in 1911. Ty Cobb again, 1915-400. Ty Cobb again, 1921-398. George Sisler, this one blows my mind. He was batting 443 uh, through 60 in 1922. You got Ty Cobb again, 418 in 1925. Man, he would, could you imagine his batting average if they only played 60-game seasons with all those 400 years? <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead a bit. Just uh, okay. So we got Carew. As I said, so I already used that. So let's go big cat, Andres Galarraga, 409 in 1993. And Paul O'Neill, I'll do for the last one, 417 in 1994. Huh. 1994. What about home runs? Can anybody hit like 40 home runs? That's not I don't gonna, think so. Even with the juice ball, it's not going to happen. I actually have, I have one on that. Let me see how close you can get. Okay. Like the most the, home runs through a 60-game span? No. Not first 60 games, any 60-game span. Uh, Who had the most home runs and how many they hit? I'm going to go Bonds with 51. You're saying 51 home runs through 60 games? (laughs) Yes. Are are you high? (laughs) (laughs) I came down. How many is it? What is it, like 40 through 60? No, Barry Bonds uh, from April 2nd to June 22nd, 2001, 60-game played, 37 home runs hit. I was close. Batted 357, 529. (laughs) Ready for the slugging percentage? Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on. It's 2,084. No. <laughs> Maybe if you hit that 51 home run. Yeah. 1,016. Oh, His slugging percentage was an MVP level OPS. <laughs> that was a slugging percentage. That <laughs> what was his OPS? It was, it was 2,000, wasn't it? No, his OPS was 1.545. All right. Yeah, that's through 60 games, huh? It's also possible 
that what do we have like a strikeout champion this year maybe have 100 strikeouts maybe does anyone get to 100 strikeouts i think we get somebody i I think cole will have over 100 i think degrom will have over 100 they'll pitch enough innings they're probably going to have a you know 10 to 12 starts i I think you got to get closer to that 12 starts and if you're if you're at 12 starts and um, you're averaging nine strikeouts per nine you're at 108 strikeouts and those guys tend to be closer to 11 strikeouts per nine so i don't know if they're gonna if they get let's just give them a love since you went well that's assuming they pitch nine innings too well that's what i'm saying i think that these guys early in the season going three innings if they get shelled they're going two innings Uh, and as the season goes along you think they get stretched out but to say that these guys are going to get to 100 innings i don't know about that 11 starts and if they 11 starts and they're averaging even six which i think is a lot that's 66 innings well nobody's getting to 100 innings i'll tell you that then much. they're not i don't think they're getting to 100 strikeouts this year i don't think we're our I mean, strikeout leader gets Cole's to 100. numbers last year what, what let me pull this up but he's not going to be is he going to average five innings a start for the whole season i'll I even think give he'll him average six more than that all right let's say he goes six in 12 starts that's 72 innings all right, let's give him. I'll do the math right now. Let's By the way, you go, owe me two hundred dollars now. I'm willing to wager another ten dollars okay. that the winner, that the strikeout king, does not get to hundred strikeouts. All right, what are you giving Cole? How many innings? I'm giving him. Let's see here. This is the high end. I'm giving him seventy-two innings. All right, and I think that's that's a high end. If oh, that's that's high end. Because think about it. it. You said 12 starts, right? That's once every fifth. Maybe he gets 12 starts in. That might be generous. But if he starts starts season throwing three innings, three innings, four innings, boom, all of a sudden, I mean, he's going to have to go complete games by the end of the regular season. If you give Cole 72 innings and he averages the same strikeouts per nine that he did last season, he finishes with 110. That's your guy, then. you got to hope that Garrett Cole just comes out and he's ready right away in 72 innings that he is in his prime from the get-go. In those three innings that he comes out, he just throws 100% capacity, and he's, out of the nine outs, he's striking out like six. He needs, with the um, numbers he had last year, he would need 65 innings yeah. to uh, reach that 100. I don't think it's happening because you're asking a guy to ramp up to being as great as he was Right off you just the gotta, bat. You just got to get him over. He's got to average over five innings. He can't that's, slump, that's too. Like, if you're going to start 12 games, you can't have two bad starts. Or you're just fucked. There's no way you're getting there. There's uh, such little margin for error. And we just don't know how these pitchers are going to be used. Like, I have a hard time thinking in their first five starts that many of these guys are going to go more than five innings. You could have left, left out his first five starts are going to go more than five innings and just stuck with, I have a hard time thinking. Because they're not going to go more than five innings. No, I'm just Correct. trying to break your balls, but it went over your head and everybody who's... It was a horrible it. joke. I tried my You best. had to explain it. <laughs> you want to do our last thing here? Yeah. I love this. So you sent out on uh, the Twitter machine, you said, uh, which was the better doc? Dwight- no, I did not say that. Well, which one did you do? Which one would you rather have? Nope. What'd you I say? Left it up. I, I did a sort of a Christopher Nolan thing, and I left it up to the interpretation of the viewer. So you did Holiday or? I just said Doc. How, uh, doc 
and I put it in Alf- Holiday, okay. or excuse me, Gooden or Holiday. Right, and I said Gooden had the better single season, 85, which was one of the great seasons of all time, 24-4, 153 ERA. 254 strikeouts, or Doc Holliday, who I think had the better career, and you really can't argue that. And I don't think no, you can argue completely. either point. I, people actually got mad at me, though, for um, this poll, which really didn't make sense to me because it's, I didn't even hint at anything. Like, I, I just said Doc. But I guess it, people get mad at everything on Twitter. Yes. Google Docs. But, yeah. Would you, uh, would you believe that Roy Holiday actually had a higher complete game percentage than Doc Gooden? I would, because Doc difference. just didn't have it toward, you know, after maybe 87, I would say, 86. Yeah, I, well, I I think, um, again, it's it's like you said, it, Gooden had the better couple of seasons. I think what really emphasizes Gooden uh, in a in the light in that which he was a, a pitcher was the fact that, I, I think we used these stats a couple of weeks ago, but he's the only pitcher ever to have back-to-back 16 strikeout games. And um, he also had back-to-back games where he threw nine shutout innings and didn't get the um, get the win in either of them. And I think those two, even though it's just a pair of games for each of them, I think they really emphasize the type of player that Gooden was, and that's the fact that his his prime was so short, with the exception outside of um, I think he threw a no hitter with the Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. He sure did. And um, Halliday just so dominant over such a long period of time. Uh, you know, he had four seasons with, uh, excuse me, uh, five seasons with at least 200 strikeouts and 30 or fewer walks, and you have nobody else uh, within two of him. He had three seasons with at least 225 strikeouts, 6.25 strikeouts per walk, which is the most since Tommy Bond had his fourth in 1884 when six balls were required for a walk. Uh, it, it's just ridiculous when you look at Halliday uh, from a career perspective. But I, I, I think, what was it, 85? His, uh, yeah, 84, he just exploded onto the scene. He was the most exciting player in the game. Okay? I think he'd be and hard he was a pressed. pitcher. And then 85 was just... But the, here's the fascinating thing about this. If you look at FIP, fielding independent pitching, his rookie year was 169, and then his great year was 2.13. Like, if you just go by FIP... It was a better season. He had more strikeouts, too, 276 to 268. But I've just never seen anything like that 85. And those 35 starts with 16 complete games, 268 Ks, which back in that day was amazing. To, to have a 153, I thought it was a 154, 153 ERA. It was just, there's been great seasons. And I know you have a Pedro season or two that was better. But for my money, just with my eyes, and I watched so many of those starts, that 85 is like nothing I've ever seen. And I've also never seen a curveball like his, where it looks like it starts out the guy's chin and boom, it just falls at the last second. It, what an amazing pitcher he was, really for his first five, six seasons. But he missed a lot of starts. So on Gooden's uh, fit, it was you know, unbelievable in 1984, but he also threw a lot uh, fewer innings that season. Mm-hmm. 218 to 276.2 the following year. He had more strikeouts in his rookie season than he did in that year where he had so many more innings. One thing that um, uh, fielder independent pitching doesn't really do justice to is pitchers who induce bad contact because mm-hmm. it only looks at the true uh, outcomes. And I... Like a guy like Maddox might not have an unbelievable FIP or anything like that. You look at the ERA plus, the adjusted ERA, 
And because Gooden was inducing bad contact when he maybe didn't have that strikeout pitch working, because he only averaged 8.7 per nine after averaging 11.4 in his rookie season. Well, maybe he's inducing bad contact. His whip was even lower. His ERA plus, though, 129% above league average in his 1985 season versus just 37% above league average in his rookie season. So I don't think uh, FIP or no FIP, there's no question to me that that 1985 season was far better than his 1984 season and probably one of the best seasons in history. I'd say a top three season right up there with Pedro in uh, 99 and 2000. What about Walter Johnson had to have a good season or two? That was right Walter there. Johnson is one of my favorites because he did stuff during the dead ball era that like you, you, people like to look at it and be like, yeah, you know, it was the dead ball era. But he did things at a time like nobody else was doing what he was doing. He was throwing almost 400 innings a season. Just from 1910 to 1919, <laughs> he won 265 games. His ERA was 1.59, 1.96 FIP, ERA plus 83% above league average, whip under one, 327 complete games, 74 shutouts. He had 15 home runs at bat to just 29 allowed over that 10-year span. Second hey. war uh, second war for pitchers ever. So good. Number two. Who was number one? Uh, Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. And Clemens had a couple of those seasons too, man. Actually, this says war for pitchers. Cy Young, Walter Johnson, Roger Clemens. Cy Young number so, one. Yeah. So I think with Clemens, though, his, what was his? His MVP 1990 was as good as you're going to see, man. 1990 Roger Clemens was peak Roger Clemens. That 86 season when he came up and he was like the talk of the town was amazing. But 1990 Roger Clemens was before he got fat. You know, he got fat in 93, just wanted to get traded, and he basically gave up on the Red Sox and didn't put the work in. It continued for the next couple of years till they sent him to Toronto when he became the best pitcher in the game again. But now look at that. I, you would know better digging into it how great it was, but 1990 Roger Clemens was right there as some of the best. So how about, did you know that the Red Sox have never allowed somebody to wear Roger Clemens' number 21? But they did, haven't retired it and won't retire it. You know for, what you is know, interesting about that, too? Finger. There was a time when they only allowed players that played their whole career for the Red Sox to have their numbers retired. Right. And uh, Bogsy broke that mix. Well, actually, Fisk was the first one to break that misc, misc, mix. And then um, Bogsy got in as well. But that actually reminds me of a um, uh, segment that I want to do in the future. And this doc thing uh, made me think of it is nicknames that are shared among players and who you like think that nickname belongs to because i when i hear pudge i think yvonne rodriguez and i don't think carlton fist yeah because you're young if, yeah exactly but when i think when you hear hebrew hammer who do you think of greenberg that's who i think but there's no but then everybody hebrew else hammer. N- most people my age would say ryan braun what they yeah. call ryan braun the hebrew hammer oh yeah i didn't even know that that was his name i call him a dirt bag <laughs> Not a good one. Just a cheating, lying son of a bitch. Oh, man. That's what I call him. Well, that's a hell of a nickname. I, 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 let me see. I bet you that somebody has that nickname. Hebrew Hammer? Industry. No, Dirtbag. Dirt, oh, well, isn't it like Long Beach State dirt, Dirtbags? That's the actual... And I thought Kipnis might have been the... the um, Oops, sorry the dirt bag. I don't know. I don't know about Dirtbag. If you guys know about Dirtbags, hit us up. But yeah, yeah, Long Beach State baseball team is the Dirtbags. If anybody knows who, whose nickname is Dirtbag, uh, leave it in our comments when you're giving us a five-star rating. 
Well, I mean, there, there's got to be. There's not too many of them, right? Like how many? I don't know about anybody calling them a dirt bag. You're douchebag, but not dirt bag. So no, nah, douchebag didn't become a thing until like, like the mid '90s, right? Really, douche nozzle was always a fun one for me because that's that's really low on the total pole. What other nicknames are you talking about, though? Did Barry Bonds even have a nickname? The greatest of all. Yeah, that's time. it. Like the some of the greatest ones, the Rocket, Roger Clemens. Somebody had to be the Rocket before him. I mean, Rocket yeah. Richard in, in hockey with the Canadians, but who's the Rocket? Uh, how about Rocco Baldelli's nickname? I'm, I just pulled up these. What is it? Uh, these, the Wound Socket Rocket. That's pretty Really? Sweet. The Wound Socket Rocket. According to baseball reference, Lou Brock was known as the franchise and the Rocket. Huh. These he would be a, he'd be a AAA player these days, wouldn't he? Uh, I don't know. I, I tend to, like we talked about with Bill James, I think he would have adjusted his game to the, um, to what's expected of a leadoff hitter now. I, I, that's why I, yeah, I but I'm just metrics. saying the player that he was would not be able to play today. And there's a lot of guys we could talk about. And we've talked about this a lot and I like to judge guys compared to what they did in their era. But if Lou Brock was playing today in the style that he played back then, he'd be a minor leaguer. Uh, Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, Lou Brock, great player, did a lot for the game, did a lot for players, but, you know, just what he was asked to do back then, those numbers don't translate today. Just like Carew. I don't know, man. Carew is dominant in any era. His on-base percentage was great. I hope you're right, because you know that he's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, I'm a big Carew fan. Uh, Here, one last nickname for you. I'm going to give you the all-time phony nickname. This guy played... 1,575 games. He hit 96 home runs in his career. His name was John Home Run Baker. Oh, I remember John Home Run Baker. I remember hearing about him. Led the league in homers from 1911 to 1914 with 11, 10, 12, and 9. Yeah, that's pretty good. My favorite was like the Penguin, Ron Say. Uh, Oil Can Boyd was pretty awesome. How about uh, Jose Canseco's nickname? That I gave to him. Juicer? I actually tried to. I actually tried to uh, pay Sean Foreman, uh, president of Baseball Reference, to put this nickname on Jose Canseco's page. And <laughs> what he would, is it? He wouldn't take it. Well, you know, you have um, uh, Jose Jose Bautista, who's mm-hmm. Joey Bats, mm-hmm. and you have Jose Canseco, Joey Rats. Oh, I like Jose Canseco. I think he's a yeah, nutbag. Yeah, I think he's kind of funny. I think he's, he's kind of funny. Like, he's kind of like if. Lenny Dykstra wasn't on crack and never got in trouble. Good point. Fine point you make. (laughs) A couple other ones that I really like. I think Big Poppy is a classic, man. Big Poppy's just a classic name. Charlie Hustle's a classic name. One thing about Big Poppy that just drives me nuts is it went from like Big Poppy to like sort of just just Poppy Poppy. sometimes. But that was Edgar Martinez. No, Edgar Martinez's Poppy. nickname was Poppy. Well, that's the whole thing. Like Spanish ball or Latin ball players, they all use the same nicknames. It's very frustrating. It's yeah, Poppy, I don't, I don't Daddy, like... Poppy, yeah. this guy. It's it's too much. We gotta get so, we gotta get some better nicknames. But Poppy has like the great nickname though, Big Poppy. Who doesn't want to be Big Poppy? Uh, did, did you ever see the clip of uh, Munenori Kawasaki? Oh, I love I love Kawasaki. I wish we could get him on. So do. Uh... I love, he is like the best person ever, it seems like. I, as much as I would like to, I don't want to be called a uh, Ramsist for imitating his um, yeah. accent. Oh, it's but, so funny. Uh, 
he said um, in an interview with his little translator book and everything, he said, uh, yeah, yeah, I love Big Poppy. And he's like not even responding to the question because he doesn't understand English that well, uh, much better than I understand Japanese. But he's going through and he's going through his book and he says, like, uh, I love Big Poppy. And he's like, uh, he's Big Poppy. I'm little poppy. And he's like, that, then the reporter asks him another question and he just stays on this. And he's like, poppy, big, kawa, small. And he just <laughs> says it over and over and over again and he won't stop. And then the, the reporter just kind of like, all right, I'm kind of out of here. You know what? You know what? It's so funny. I wish I, we would have talked about this during the, this was a great off season topic. Because J.P. and Sebia played with him, my old buddy from the tune-in days, and he just has great Kawasaki stories. Did Everyone loves Mooney Kawasaki. Trashed. Everyone. <laughs> get him trashed on road trips. <laughs> you know they did. You know <laughs> they did. be a hell of a time. Yeah, it'd be pretty amazing. All right, but I think we're done. We did a nice long one. That was fun. It's a nice long show. We got baseball back. We'll do another show this week. I cannot wait till we do this again. Yep. Yeah, uh, guest on the next one, I guess. Who I is have, it? I have a couple people. Li- I don't know. I got a couple lined up. I'll you got somebody. big name guests coming up, too. Like, no we screwing around. Are we going to get that one player before he reports, or did I miss out on that because I left town? Um, I haven't heard back yet. I think we might be SOL. Okay, I really that's hope. That's fine. I really hope, though. Let me let me see if uh, his agent hit me. At the very least, we're going to get his agent. Um, at, let me see if the media person hit me back up. You know what? I'll, I'll just let you know. Hope, I'm hoping we can still land him now. It would be as It'd be nice. Get. It would be nice. I'm with you. But we've already had some great guests. Uh, hey, if you get a chance, tell your friends and family or people you hate that you listen to us, and they should try it out, too, if they like baseball. He's Ryan Spader at the Ace of Spader on Twitter, S-P-A-E-D-E-R. I'm at Holden Radio, and this has been The Walk-Off.